Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. We are back. We missed y'all. No show last week. I was sick as a dog. Garrett was busy. So yeah. we I just tried to find us some guests while uh, I was struggling. So nah, couldn't make it, it out. It happens, man. Yeah. But glad to be back. Got a got another uh, fun show. We actually have a return guest, a very recent uh, guest we've had on. Um, but we'll get to that here in just a second. So, uh, how was your weekend? You went up, uh, fished the Hobie, didn't you? Yeah, I was on Kentucky Lake. Well, I fished Barkley the whole time, but, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a grinder. Um, yeah, see, we were talking about Kentucky Lake before the show and you weren't even there. You skipped that lake and went over one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is uh, is Lake Barkley you're... the one that's on the opposite side of the land of the lakes or whatever that? Yeah. The, yeah. It's that's, the... So the land of the lakes is in between Barkley and yeah, Kentucky yeah, Lake yeah. and Barkley's on the north side of it. Do, do they connect at all by creeks or anything? Uh, there's one like, uh, you know how Loud and Teleco have that, um, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't know what it's called, like a canal basically that connects yeah. the two. There's one up on the north end that does that. Oh, Barkley and Kentucky Lake too. Oh, sweet. I've no heard a lot of folks it's talk about Barkley. Yeah, yeah. 
I've, I've heard a lot of folks uh, bring it up. I've never, uh, we, when we went to Kentucky Lake, we had talked about going over to Barkley, but we just stayed on Kentucky Lake. I, I say I don't like the lake. When we went, it was drawn down really, really far. <laughs> and, but it's like, I don't really have anything to complain about because we, we caught smallmouth all day. Yeah. Like no, no big ones, but, and it, you know, it was the weirdest fishing. That's kind of the, the story of the whole lake the last year or so yeah it was the the weirdest like way of catching them is uh i don't remember how brian and jay were doing it but i was just throwing like a heavy nico rig and just letting it drag down these banks that have i mean there's nothing there's no grass there's no brush no trees <laughs> you couldn't you fill the bottom yeah and you would just like you could just watch your line fading out and then it would just soom, and then mm-hmm. you know you'd catch it but that I mean, but other than that, I mean, I guess why I, I didn't like it is just not my style of fishing. Just, but again, I mean, the yeah. lake was, the lake was so far down. They were, you know how they allow like ATVs and UTVs all around the lake. They were like driving like on the banks, like through the lake. Yeah. Through the, through where there should have been water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and through the water at some point. So you'd be like yeah. casting up on the bank and a razor would drive over. Like it was weird. Over your line. Yeah, there were trucks <laughs> flying through the woods and stuff. I was like, this is weird. Like you don't see that um, on any of the other lakes. It, it was up for this one, and they had uh, uh Barkley has a lot of sections where there's lily pads and stuff in the backs of the creeks. So I like fishing that stuff. So that's yeah, what I tried to do. Fishing a frog. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a buzzbait and all the all the good stuff. <clears throat> Dude, it's it's so crazy. I haven't fished. So I have not fished since Del Hollow and oh wow, it's like I had a really good feeling of like, you know, you stay in with like what the phase the fish are in, how they're moving. Yeah. I mean, as long as you stay in the South, it's kind of the same. And now like I'm planning on going tomorrow and I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. Like it's, it's, uh, it's warm. I missed all the transitions of temperature. It's just been hot. It's, we actually haven't had as much rain this week. I haven't seen any of the lakes, so go look for a shad spawn if you can find it first thing in the morning. And after that, you might as well go off, start moving offshore. Ugh, it sucks. I just yeah. wanted to. I've got I've got a few little juicy creeks on Pickwick. Maybe some like. bluegill beds and stuff too, if you can find them. Yeah, I've got I got a flat that I think's got bluegill beds on it, if I remember from last year. And I was it's probably too late now, but I was just gonna go throw big glide baits around. I mean, I'm going to throw chatterbaits and other stuff yeah. too, but I don't know. I just really want to throw big baits, which is weird for me. So it's an addiction, man. You got, you got the, you well, got hopefully like it. an hour into my day tomorrow, my shoulder will tell me to stop. So it would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start long lining them. I'll just like go set it off on the bank and just pedal yeah. away. <laughs> but, it's uh, no, well, how'd you, how'd you, how was Kentucky Lake? How'd you end up? Uh, ended up 39th out of um, like 109. Yeah. That's not bad. The first day I was in 28th, like three inches out of check range. And then the second day it just kind of dropped off for me. It didn't all the bites that the, so I had a shad spawn going in the morning and it had a, we had a cold front move through. I say cold. It wasn't super cold, but it was cold enough that the shad spawn in the morning didn't happen. It was really sp- like spawning on docks or they uh, in the backs of your in pockets? the pads, like literally oh, in cool. the pads. Like they were like 
jumping out of the pads and like beaching themselves on the pads and fish i've seen that up. happen before it's so cool yeah it was crazy looking and fish were coming up and eating them off that pad while they were, i actually like, saw that around. i'm trying to remember where i was at the other day i wasn't fishing i was i may have been right over here off a of wheeler but there was like a little patch of grass right next to like a tree hanging down in the water and the shad were doing that they were the shad were just like boiling right there yeah. by the bank it was crazy like going yeah, i don't know realistic. I don't yeah know. i mean it because i didn't even know what was happening at first i was because like it just looked like something was trying to beach itself something large and then i walked over there and like peeked down at it and it was just like th- hundreds of thousands of just <laughs> tiny little shad just freaking out it was cool that died <sighs> off on me on the second day and I, it took me all day to catch my limit i caught my last fish at 155 that may or may not have been the same fish that i caught an hour before that on the same in the same spot on a frog well i mean if it was hobie hobie would have caught it because i think they got lambert that way yeah so i uh i messaged aj about it and told him i was like hey i I don't know this may have been the same fish um and he's like he said he'd look into it but i guess they never it probably didn't matter anyway because it I was not in check range. They were probably just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that that whole story with Lambert's, like, yeah, that's I don't, I don't like that rule. On two like, separate same, days, yeah. same fish, same day. Okay, bunk that. Like, sorry, guy. Yeah, yeah. Same fish, two days, dude. That's awesome. Like, why would you? Why would you penalize somebody for that? Yeah, it's not I mean, like I like put it back in a bucket. That the whole the whole point of the catch and release system that you can catch that fish another day or that somebody else can catch that fish another day but yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to bring hate on aj or nothing that's just like i feel like that's a rule that needs to be re-looked at like like it maybe it sounded good on paper because it's like never happened yeah but then you've got a guy in contention that it happens to and then then that's like well maybe that rule should yeah i i guess i I 100 percent the other way too uh, I'd love to hear it. We'll have to have him back on because I want to hear it because I don't, I don't understand that rule. Like they've convinced me on a lot of other rules, but I've been thinking about this one a lot since I read Lambert's post and I was like, I don't even, I do not understand the negative side of that. Like, yeah, I don't know how how would it hurt allowing that. Because it's not like you can go out there and call that shot. I guess like maybe if somebody maybe if it was, was bed fishing. fishing, yeah, and like catching the same fish two days in a row, which probably has happened before, also. Yeah, I I would yeah. say like bed fishing would have to be an exclusion. Uh, but then you get into how do you police that? Yeah, and then you get into well, it's the honor system, which. Uh, there's not some honorable people out there. We'll say that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. We can get into that at another time. I'm sure it'll happen yeah. again at some point. But uh, yeah, so like I, I said, open we, that can, we'll, can, we'll put that can of worms aside yeah, for a while. First show back, we don't need to start some shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what we're covering today, uh, we hadn't covered KBF in a while. So we had the KBF Trail Series event on Lake George back in New York. And... Uh, Probably the most scenic lake in the country. Uh, go do your read up on it. The town of Lake George sounds amazing. Uh, it's right on the Adirondacks. It's got killer views. 
Um, it's like three miles wide in certain places. It's like 30 miles long. Um, if you're not familiar with how the KBF trail series works, there is a day one and a day two that are separate. And you also can enter in as a, in a double up and do them as a two day tournament. So it's kind of like three tournaments in one. So if this is your first time listening to us and hearing a KBF. That's how that goes down. And uh, as I said, we got a returning guest. We'll go ahead and get him in here. Mr. Nick Audi. We had had you on two weeks ago. You absolutely slayed on Cayuga. You went back the weekend after, beat everybody again. And then this week you're down there on Lake George. And I'm getting, I guess, because Facebook and it's targeted, like, you know, it knows me and you have talked. Mm. It was just giving me like all the KBF updates all day and i just kept seeing your name like how many how many of the big bass hours did you have like four um so yeah out of the out of the top top um top three big bass or for the event i actually caught one two and three for the for the whole event (laughs) yeah yeah it was pretty crazy yeah it was uh it was insane i did i just kept getting i just kept getting like the little facebooks about Mm -hmm. it would roll by and i was like geez he's he's just on a terror but uh, we jumped into it too quick. So for anybody that missed that show, definitely go back and listen to it. But Nick, uh, go ahead and do you, uh, do you an introduction. Let everybody know who you are, where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Nick Audi. I'm from northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, and I kind of covered it last last show when I was on. But um, I, I got into kayak fishing tournaments uh, in 2020. And I've been fishing out of a kayak since uh, 2017, I believe. So um yeah, I mean, I ran into at a, at a little local lake that we were fishing. One of my one of my good buddies that we travel with all the tournaments now, Ryan Matalevich, and ever since then we've just been traveling the country fishing these kayak tournaments, and it's it's just been a blast. Heck yeah! yeah. And I said it last time. I'll say it again. Uh, go back and look for the shows we've had Ryan on. He's mm-hmm. a he's a good good talker too. We've had some good episodes yeah. with him. So uh, make sure you go back and check him out too. Mm-hmm. Well. uh well, we're just getting into this one just totally different, man. So, like, you're having a hell of a year. Do you, do you, like, is it for any one reason you can put your finger on? Like, is it this year that all the pieces of your puzzle are coming together? Did you do, like, extra work in the off season to really, like, focus on anything else, dial something in? Or is it just timing? Like, what what's what's been the key this year? I think the key for me has been just building year after year. So I, I got into it in 2020 and I fished, I think, two tournaments, um, one at East West Harbor and one on the Susquehanna River. Um, and then I kind of stepped it up the next year in 2021. I started cashing a few checks in 2021. And then last year, I feel like really was my was my bigger like breakout year where I, I won a few tournaments last year. And I think it's just getting time on the water and seeing different bo- different bodies of water. Um how they all sort of have certain things, at least in the North have certain things that carry over from body of water to body of water and sort of applying patterns um, from one lake and and transferring them to another at the same time of year. And then also as the year progresses. So I think just more experience on the water is really the biggest thing. Yeah. We, we always say that you cannot beat time on the water. Yeah. It's always a big topic, especially, uh, especially in a tournament setting time on the water oh, in a tournament setting is, absolutely. is huge because decision-making is, is that much more important. Yeah. And that's, it, it always gets talked about. <clears throat> I actually had a discussion with a guy today about it. Who's, you know, 
kind of been dabbling with getting into kayak fishing. He's a boat guy mm-hmm. thinking about the tournament scene. And I was like, you know, even bass boat guys know the time on the water is everything. And, you know, for the people thinking on, you know, making these national trail runs, it's really, really hard to beat the guys that can put the maximum amount of time on the water. Yeah. You know, it's either the week it's hard for a weekend warrior, no matter how good you are to really yeah. compete with these people that are trying to do this for a living. Yeah. And then, and if you want to be serious about it, at, at least at the national level, and I've, I've had my fair share of national experience as well. And in, in like bigger national tournaments, um, it really is, a second job. I mean, for me, I have a day job, obviously an office job. Um, but my weekends are devoted to kayak fishing. That's, that's what I do. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's no like, Oh, let's go golfing this weekend or anything. It's getting time on the water. Like every, every rep you can get. Yeah. It's, it's 100% a sport, you know, Mm -hmm. just like if if you think of any sport and anybody that's good at it, golf, tiger, basketball, Mm -hmm. MJ, it's just practice repetition. It's just, it's nothing that you just get overnight. It takes tons of time to dial it in. Yep. And, uh, a, a lot of people think that there's changing. A, I feel like, like yeah, I feel like that's something that's new. Yeah. I feel like something that sets, yeah. uh, this something me and this guy were talking about the day was that something that sets fishing apart is like the amount of changing variables, whether it's weather, nature, mm-hmm. technology, science, like yeah. Yeah. you can't, control it at all no no because we're trying to catch other other like uh, the fish that are they they move and they think in their and they're yeah. yeah independent thinking and they have their own plans and they don't always follow the traditional notions that you read in Bassmaster magazine um it's it's keeping up with that and keeping up with i think time of the year is the other thing that's really huge understanding where the fish want to go to versus where they're at and sometimes you have to play that in the tournament like mm-hmm. understand that these fish could be moving because it, it especially i think in northern tournaments because it, everything moves a lot faster up here um once it once that once that ice comes off the water it, it starts happening like and then and they might be total pre-spawn one week and then just as an example last week at cayuga when i when i had fished the slay nation tournament there it was a they were completely post-spawn when I was there, every fish I was catching was, was completely postponed. They were way skinnier than the week before they were relating to some of the similar stuff, but it wasn't a similar bite at all. It yeah. was, it was a totally different thing. And you've got to be able to make that adjustment and make the change. Like I said, I was catching them all on a chatterbait two or three weeks ago for the elite kayak fishing tournament. They wouldn't touch yeah. a chatterbait when I was there the last week. So it was just making those fine adjustments based on time of the year. Yeah, and that's, and being able to like pay attention to those details, yeah, I feel like that and, get, that gets overlooked a lot too. Is and like you said, it's definitely way more, way more so that up north because mm-hmm. of the 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 window of time. Yep, and uh, that's something that southern guys never really think about. That we, uh, it, I had my eyes open to it. We had the Ontario kayak bass guys on, and. Uh, them talking about Mm -hmm. that like oh no we've only got like four good months of water yeah like he's like as soon as ice breaks it's like turn your clock on because you're going like pre-spawn post it's like some kind of summer pattern and straight into fall like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just boom 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 yep they have to they have to get done spawning so they could start feeding up for the next winter as soon as they're they're ready to they're ready to start thinking about that already as crazy as it sounds it's crazy i i think i've actually thought about it you know, a lot that if it was feasible to take 
part of your year and fish the northern half when it's going through its phases like this, it could make mm-hmm. some of these southern guys better. Yeah, because it, our our time frames are so wide, you can mm-hmm. be very open minded about how you approach things. Yeah, and if yeah, you, you could you could be catching bed fish. Like one person can win a tournament catching bed fish, and the other person could finish second on shad spawn fish or something like that. Where as yeah. a as a up north it's like it's it's i mean yeah there's some times where there's multiple phases going on at once but a lot of the times that spawn happens in a week to two weeks and it's done and that's yeah. it yeah you better be there when <laughs> on water that time <laughs> should have yeah. been here it. yesterday that was definitely from the guys up north that's where it came from <laughs> yeah yeah so uh let's talk a little bit about george then man tell me uh Tell us a little bit about the lake. I got some info pulled up on it, but let's hear it from somebody with some experience on it. Yeah. So actually, uh, as crazy as it sounds, that this was my first time ever at George. Um, it's about four hours from my from my house, but I just never had the occasion to go there. I usually, if I'm going up that way, I'll fish Champlain because George is right below Champlain and they actually connect. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like you were saying, it's about 30 miles, 30 to 40 miles long. It could get about three miles wide. And the lake is really separated into two separate basins. There's like a northern basin where like an arm that goes off up north. And then there's a lower part of the lake that um, and they're separated by what's called the narrows. It's these islands that, that the lake narrows down a little bit. And there's these islands on the lake and basically separates those two basins. Like there's not that much like super deep water that runs between. There's still 40, 50, 60 feet between. But then it's it's pretty deep and. It's also one of the clearest lakes in the country mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable how clear it is 20 to 30 feet some if the sun is out you could see right down to the bottom it's it's just it looks like, like it's got a lot more uh like offshore ledges and humps and uh, yeah yeah there's a lot of, of islands stuff. shoals that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. a it lot, a lot more something... so than the finger lakes and stuff that we were talking yes. about last yeah time. a lot more than the finger lakes yeah, yeah the, there's a little stat right here that there's over 170 islands in lake george yeah wow yeah, there's That's a lot insane. of islands. And, uh, and then, yeah, 148 of, like, of them are state-owned. Yeah, There's a lot yep. that look like they're submerged islands, too. Like if Yeah, they're... submerged islands, rock shoals. It's a very rocky lake. Um, has a decent amount of grass, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Like standing standing grass, um, like subsurface. It, but in some spots, it'll mat up. And there's a few creeks and rivers that you could go up. And especially this time of year, it, it it's quite, sometimes tournaments have been one up those creeks and creeks and rivers that lead into the lake but and it's a mix small mouth and large mouth i would say there's more small mouth in the lake than large mouth but large mouth definitely play there's a lot of uh stunted small mouth i would say in that lake that aren't mm-hmm. that aren't the the really big caliber of fish mm-hmm. unless you find them but um there's a ton of 14 13 to 14 inch small mouth in that lake like <laughs> you could just go down the bank throwing a net rig all day catch 100 fish and not catch a fish <laughs> over 16 inches Hey, with a large mouth yeah, yeah. Hey, i gotta take a day like that it's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun it's fun until it's a tournament and you're and you're yeah you're scrambling for those for those bigger ones but the large mouth they they yeah. have some good large mouth in that lake um five five to six pounders are not unheard or five pounders are somewhat common six pounders aren't unheard of um it's 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 a healthy healthy fishery for sure what types of uh, forage do you typically see there? Kind of similar to the um, Finger Lake stuff, or a little um, different. So in the in George, there's smelt, um, but I don't. That's mm. the, that's sort of the forage, and more towards the summer. Uh, that's usually out deeper this time of year. 
Um, yeah. And perch. Perch are a big, big source of forage there, which is yeah. similar to Cayuga. That, that's also a big, big source on Cayuga and the Finger Lakes. Yeah. But um, that's smelt bite. I think there's alewives on Cayuga, and it's and it's uh, smelt on on George. So they're a little bit different. The smelt are a little bit slender, longer fish. Mm-hmm. Still, still like a shad, okay. though. Yeah. Yeah. So with this being your your first time hitting it up, kind of talk us through like how you pick. You don't have to say specifically where you fished if you you know you don't want to, but like how you kind of broke it down to so, how you were going <laughs> to attack. It, this this is a this is a funny story. I um I only had one day of pre fishing going up, and I I tend to like I like I said on the last show I I tend to be like a, a more open water deeper water type of fisherman where I'd like to target them way offshore, and I just thought that the north part of the lake looked like a good area to do that. So I went up to the north part of the lake for my for my day of pre fishing. Um, I got out there. And that wind started blowing and it got bad. It was real bad. Like the scariest water I've ever been in. There were, there were <laughs> two and a half to three footers, but they were like staggered, very strange. And like they were hitting your boat. I, I honestly didn't even think I was going to make it back to the ramp. I had to, I tucked tail and I got off the lake with half a day only. And I caught like two decent fish, but it was, it was bad on, on that day on Friday. So I ended up picking where I fished based on the wind direction, just because I'm like, I can't do anything out in this. So I went down to the south part of the lake and ended up launching down there for the tournament. Nice. Just because I don't have it pulled up on uh, Navionics, do you, the south end of the lake have some stuff that still played to what you were wanting to do? Yeah, for sure. There's still a lot of main lake water down there. It's just, there's more, a couple more islands down there um some bigger some bigger islands that provided more protection from the wind um longer tapering points as opposed to more of just like a big bowl in the middle um and there was some shoals and stuff like that down there and and i said well looking at it i thought that the uh the bass i knew they'd be pre-spawn they wouldn't be they wouldn't be post-spawn yet or or on beds yet because the lake is deeper and colder um so what kind of water temps did you have um 50 51 when i launched down there on tournament day and then it warmed up to about 55 by the last day of the tournament yeah but i had nothing going on down there so i just i just launched and i i just told myself i'm just gonna go fishing and treat and treat the saturday like another day of pre-fishing because i i'm telling you that water was so bad up there i said i want nothing to do with this <laughs> on, the ter- on tournament yeah. day because they were forecasting high winds again um it ended up that the winds were a non-factor on saturday even for the guys that ended up launching up north but i'm glad i made the decision that i did oh yeah, yeah. i know yeah it worked out for you yeah. wind's about the those... only thing that drives me off the water i can handle yeah. the rain and yeah but when the wind picks up and it's not it's not even as much some i mean yeah sometimes it's been it's been bad enough where i'm like okay i'm gonna end up doing something stupid but yeah. most of the time i just get sick of like fighting it yeah like you're constantly having to so to stay on the steering like so my problem was I, I tucked up behind this little point on in the north when i was pre-fishing and it's just a subtle little point that comes out and it gave me just enough wind protection to feel comfortable to fish but what i didn't realize is that the wind was building uh like blowing because it, so this lake sets up north to south and it was a it was a south wind blowing to the north so the whole lake was blowing up this arm that i was oh. on and I, when I got out from behind that point, normally I said like, Oh, I'd like to get off the water before I do something that I like can't get off the water. It was already yeah. too late. I said, I'm just going to have to 
try to get off the water. It was because it. it's just complete wilderness around you. You can't get out like because there's no roads <laughs> anywhere, it, and it and there's sheer cliffs too on the side of like you can't even like get out off the off the bank. I'm just like I just have to put up. I just have to try to get off the water, and it was uh, it was brutal. I mean, I was going with the wind, so that was one thing at least, but. Still, you have waves hitting the back of your kayak, pushing your nose into into the front of you, hitting you from the side. It was. Yeah, I'm telling you, riding yeah. with the waves, it's is almost way worse. sketchier. It is. Yeah. I'd rather sketchier. be going into them. Yeah, you start like running. surfing with one, and yeah. it like starts picking you up and stuff. Yeah, I've and had. Then, and then you start tail walking a little bit. On yes. The and especially like having uh, stern mount motors. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that it's even more so sketchy than it was when like I would have used to do it paddling like yeah. paddling. You can kind of control the surf yep, and you can get on one and kind of ride it out with the motor. Your propulsion starts bouncing you around yeah. and you start tail walking all over. And it's like, yep. I've probably the sketchiest one I did. Garrett was with you and we went back. We were, I think we were going, we were going down Lake fork when oh, yeah. uh, Hummel's oh, rudder yeah. broke. Dang, we were on Lake Fork. It was blowing 30 and yeah. we were going with the wind and it was like, it started off kind of cool because you'd surf a couple, but then you'd yeah. get on top of one and just go. Yeah. And then the guy behind us calls me and he said, Hey, turn around. I need help. And his rudder came off of his outback and he was spinning circles in the oh, middle of wow. Lake Fork in 30 mile an hour winds and three foot rollers. That was sketchy. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I we, still don't know how he didn't flip. Yeah, yeah. Fork Fork could get big too, but but George is like these some of these northern lakes, they they the way that they set up like just oh, that yeah. straight open water just for 30 40 miles. It's it's unbelievable how yeah. and we had that we have it, it was only calling for so it's not like I was going out like like I shouldn't have been out there. They were calling for like 10 mile an hour winds with like 20 mile an hour gusts. Well, I opened, I opened the windy app as I was out there and I looked at it and it's saying it's blowing 15 sustained with 30 mile an hour gusts. And you know, when they're calling for 30 mile an hour gusts, that's what the sustained is. So yeah. it was, it was just, I would say two and a half to three foot rollers, but they were st- stacked. Like stacked weird and not consistent and just choppy and just breaking. If, for, for anybody that's that never experienced like? a straight lake that is long enough that the water can build. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's like you hear them talk about on the great lakes because the yeah. great lakes are rough because the wind has so, so far yeah. that it blows yeah. to, to build yeah. waves. It is insane. Oh, it does yeah. that Plus in Florida like, down the canals. Yeah. Like the, the, the lakes do it oh, too, but the canals right. are, you know, 50, hundred foot wide for five miles. Yeah, and it just shoots down that, and you'll get those mm-hmm. stupid rollers in the canals. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like it's like a it like funnels into it, it makes it a freaking wave it. park, dude. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the topography of this place I was in, it was it was like sheer cliffs basically on the bank, so it was a, sort of similar to that where it was just rolling rolling down, <sighs> rolling down the lake, and there's nothing you could do. It's just well, you just have to hope you could get back. I mean, I was sitting in my seat like. Come on, I just want to get back to the race. I want to get back. I swear well, if I get back, I'm back. not doing this again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Hey. So uh limited pre-fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you take us into the day one. So it is tournament day, but like you said, mm-hmm. kind of another practice day. Just yep. kind of send it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what I and you know, it's funny because I'm usually like the the most organized person in the beginning of a tournament i'm launching like right on time like i i pulled up to the ramp like 15 minutes before first launch 
And then I didn't anticipate that the ramp was we had to we had to take our like I I trailer my kayak everywhere I got a PA fourteen yeah. and I usually ramp launch because it's just so heavy don't carry wheels with me or anything and yeah. we ended up having to carry the kayaks down to the water because I had never even seen the ramp before and I didn't realize it um, so cool. oh yeah that's fun and with yeah, the fourteen <laughs> yeah so get the kayak down to the water by the time I'm on the water the tournament had already started like fishing time had already started fifteen minutes like beforehand. So it's like 5.45, first cast was at 5.30, and I'm just getting on the water thinking like, oh, this is going to be something. Like, I can't believe that this is how this is how this whole day is going to go. Um, so, yeah, I just started fishing. I started catching fish right off the bat, but they were dinks. Like I said, there's a lot of small fish in, in George. I'm not saying it's a bad fishery, just a lot of, you know, 13, 14-inch bass. So I had a limit yeah. at least, and that kind of settled me a little bit. Um, but I just kept just kept going like working down the contour i knew eventually where i wanted to end up there's this big main lake point that comes out off of like deep some deeper water right near it and it looks like a little spawning cove near an island um Mm -hmm. but that's where i wanted to end up at the end of the day but i just figured i never saw it so i'll work my way there so about 10 o'clock in the morning i had like i don't know 70 inches maybe nothing nothing crazy um i i'm i'm live scoping as i'm doing this and and i just see this giant fish swimming in front of me just out in the middle of nothing like in the middle of a 30 foot flat like 30 feet deep it was maybe i don't know five to ten feet off the bottom and i just took a drop shot just threw it out there thinking it's probably a salmon because there's a lot of salmon and lake trout in that lake Mm -hmm. um and it looked like a salmon profile i'm pretty used to seeing what they look like like a a lake trout in in particular they look a little bit longer slender so I throw it out and I watch it follow it down. I rip my drop shot up. It fall, shoots up, falls. And I'm like, oh, it's a trout. Because that's what all the trout do. They'll shoot up to the lure. They'll shoot. They'll fall like crazy. And then I just open my bail and let it fall to the bottom. And I set and I feel the bite and I set the hook. I'm like, oh, I got it. It gets to the surface and it's a 21-inch smallmouth. And I said, oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. well, that changes the day. Now I'm now I get that one in and I'm kicking myself because I only have like, I don't know, two and a half hours left. And. I have like probably I knew it was going to be big fish for the day, but I'm like, man, if I just had a bag of 16s and 17s, I could be doing something in this tournament. And um, I so I, I started fishing hard, like like really trying to replicate that pattern. Yeah. And it, it it ended up not happening for me there. Um, I That was just one random fish in the back of this back of this cove. So I, I keep working up the point. It's probably, I don't know, 1230 now. And uh, yep, that's the Dang. that's the one yep jeez that's so, awesome so i'm just you know i'm i have that fish and i'm i'm just like oh man i wish i just could catch like a limit of bigger fish so i could at least get a top 10 because i knew this was probably gonna be my last kbf tournament for the year um because i wasn't going to chickamauga or clear lake and i wanted to get some points just to try to make a run at the 10 i've tried to make a run at the 10 the last two years mm-hmm. um and i wasn't sitting that great in points i think i was only like 20th in aoy or something and so I'm working my way up to where I wanted to end the day at this at this big main lake point. And it's probably 1230 and the tournament ends at 130. So I had an hour left and I just see a massive school of giant fish, like big ones. And I'm like, oh, these are bass. And I, I literally think I thought to myself, I'm going to win the tournament here. <laughs> and so my first cast in, um, I catch a 19 inch largemouth on the bottom with the with the drop shot. Um get that in i'm like okay now we're cooking so my next cast and i see one five feet off the bottom in like 25 feet of water and i'm like oh you know what i've seen in the past where these fish will 
will come up real fast in the pre-spawn like to the surface so i take my jerk bait out and i throw the jerk bait out there this thing rockets off the bottom blasts the jerk bait like three cranks in and it's another 21 inch smallmouth. <laughs> and i'm just like this is uh, this can't be real so I just threw that jerk bait for the rest of the day. And uh, in, in literally 15 minutes, I went from like, I don't know, middle of the pack in this tournament to I was in the lead in like 15 to 20 minutes. I just That's a, crazy how fast like your day can change. Yeah, just like that. Just literally like finding that. The I can't imagine catching two 21 inch smallies in one day. Yeah. If you look <laughs> yeah. at the times on those photos from from Fish and Cast, I don't know if you have them up. It was like 12 the three of them were, were like 12.30, 12.39, and like 12.45 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it was just bang, bang, bang. And then I finally got that, I got the another 19 in or something like that, and I knew I needed one more fish to, to seal the deal. And I, and I see another fish sitting on the bottom on this point, and I, and I think this one was on a drop shot, and I threw the drop shot down there, and it was that 18 and a half inch smallmouth, and that was, that was the one that sealed the deal for me. Yeah, literally, um, literally a twenty-five minute window. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's funny because after I caught those three and I and I took the lead, I said I don't even know if I should make another cast here because I saw that I was in the lead by a, a good margin, and it was like right at the end of the day. I said I probably should save this for tomorrow, and yeah. and I um and that's what I did. I kind of I I mean I still fished a little bit and like looked around the area, but I didn't catch any more. And going into that day too, I, I, I knew I was set up really good because these fish were aggressive. They were big fish and it was like, this was the, I knew this was the spot once I found it. Mm. So that, that was, that was day one. That it was, yeah, it was not, a, not 96 and a quarter inches. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's crazy. basically like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, just, exception, just like, like that. One or two. Yeah. 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 Literally. That's just insane. Like that. it, it, and that's like why I always say like it, it literally just keep, keep fishing because you don't know like when you'll stumble upon that upon that school that's going to just change your day i mean my day my day was okay i i knew i was going to at least take home big fish probably because of that 21 but i didn't think i was going to have any chance in this tournament until the last 30 40 minutes of the tournament yeah that's that's just another one of those you know cool stories the magical the magical school the magical yeah, spot the magical, magical spot. tree yep. like that's yep. just yeah you can't write it up any better. No. And, and it's one of those, like, are you skilled? Absolutely. Not downplay that, yeah. but like just the, you turned one way when you could have turned another way yeah. and completely and, and the, missed that and, school. And the funny part is, is that I kept all like, after I caught that 21 in the, in the back of the pocket that that point was on, um, I kept telling myself, man, I should go back there and look more. I, I there was one big fish back there. There's gotta be more. And I said, mm. but I, I thought to myself, in tournaments in the past, I've done this to myself where I think I found the spot and I don't cover enough water. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep covering water. What do I have to lose? And that decision like right there is one that I probably would not have made last year, but that mm, yeah. really paid off when I made it this year. That's insane. That's where that experience starts yeah. to come into, into how so relative to the pocket where you caught your first big one, were you still in the area? Was it like a, like it a, was a, like a staging area to anything. Yeah, I would or? say it was just a it was just a main like point off of a spawning pocket is is what what I, and it and the thing is I I have this like little formula that I look for with smallmouth offshore where I want to find 
I want to look for like the biggest island I can find near the deepest water on the lake near. And in the spring, I want to throw in and a spawning area near there. So like when you do that, you usually find the biggest smallmouth on the lake, like looking for those type of areas. And this area fit that bill. And that's nice. kind of why I wanted to end there. And and I, and it's something that carries throughout all the lakes up north that I fish. Um, and I, and I run that pattern a lot. That's pretty Seems sick, to work man. out for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You made the one little change about covering a little more water and you perfected yep. your formula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead and take us into Sunday. I mean, Sunday was magical day too, man. You end up with not to, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. 94 and a half inches yep. for day two, yeah. but, uh, let's hear how it worked out. Yeah. So I literally launched this time. I was way more prepared. I was launched right at, like, <laughs> right, right at, right at five, five you juiced up we now. You're like, yeah, Dang, I yeah. gotta get to the spot. I gotta get <laughs> to the spot. I didn't waste any time on any of this, on any of the other stuff that I found. I shot right there and I'm like, I'm just going to burn this spot to the ground today because there's nothing to hold back for now. Um, and I felt uh, probably too confident going into the day, but I knew this one little stretch of bank had, had them like really good had them and they were, and they were like keyed up, ready to bite. So I get there. Um, and it was a little slow in the morning for like the first 40 minutes, like of the tournament. I probably didn't get, cause it was a long run from the ramp. I'm talking, I mean, it was, it was like a five, six mile run from the ramp. So it was, it was over an hour to get there or hmm. yeah, it was over an hour to get there. Um, so and you got um, a motor or are you doing that? Yeah, with a motor? no, okay. no, I have an, an XI three. Um, so I'm going about four and a half miles an hour. Um, and yeah. this is, and anywhere from like five to six, it, it was about an hour run out there. Um, cause that's where I had ended the day, the day before, like I had worked all the way around and got up there at the end of the day, but I ran mm -hmm. straight there. Um, and within like the first 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, it was a little slow, but then I saw the same thing where I saw these fish set up, um, just slightly off the bottom, not very, not very far off the bottom. And I threw the jerk bait in there and they, they didn't want to touch the jerk bait today. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to show you the jerk bait that I was throwing. It's this Shimano shimano world minnow it's new newer jerk bait from shimano but i just think it it's it offers like great hookup ratio um mm -hmm. sits square in the water gets down to the depth they say and the and it's got that little shimmer on it i don't know if you can see that oh yeah but yeah. um i think that probably helps the fish key in on it it's got really good hooks on it too really yep. good hooks so those are the are those the stock hooks yep. that, you're, the, that you got on there the right stock now, yeah. hooks on there yeah yeah it's I've been having a lot of luck with this jerk bait, and I, in the past, I've lost a couple fish on jerk baits before, like some some bigger smallmouth, especially. But yeah. that that jerk bait was definitely getting it done, um, at least at this tournament. But back to day two, like I said, um, they they weren't on the jerk bait; they they wouldn't come up and hit it. So I made an adjustment, and I and it's actually a similar adjustment to I made at Cayuga the last week. I picked up an Ed rig, and I said, "Let me let me pick up an Ed rig," and threw it right That's down. Cool. First cast good. down. First cast down with that Ned rig, 20 and a half inch smallmouth. I was like, this is, I'm like, this is out of control. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and they bit really good after that. Like it was, I had, I had my limit in like probably another 10 to 20 minutes. Um, I had, I was leading the tournament by eight inches and I knew I just needed to make like one more final upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the deal. Seal the deal. But the, uh, yep, that's the, that's the 20 and a half. That's that a good on the one Ned too. Rig. Yeah, yeah that one kind of Ned rig setup and everything you're using. Yeah, so I throw a um, I throw a heavy heavy Ned rig. I throw three eight ounce Ned rig tungsten Ned rig. Uh, tungsten, it's made by yeah. made by Swagger tungsten. 
Um, and they're actually a little bit hard to get now, but um, they I I saw they just got back in stock on Tackle Warehouse, so I bought like ten packs. Oh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I almost bought them. Now they're out. not in stock anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, I, it was I, a short window. <laughs> yeah, it was a short window, but they're they've been a little bit hard to get. But I was glad that I actually just got a couple this week. Um, and I was just throwing a uh, just just throwing that Ned rig down on them, and uh, I throw it on a NRX 821 Ned rig rod. Um, with like okay. 15, 15 pound line with a eight to 10 pound leader, depending on how rocky the bottom is. Yeah. For um, all you poor people out there, that is a G Loomis. Yeah. G Loomis. <laughs> I can't G afford Loomis them either. Out. So I'm right there with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to spend the money on a fishing, on like a high end. Yeah. Rod. That's probably the one you want to get. That one. Yes. Yep. That one in my yeah. drop shot rods. I spend, I spend quite, I drop a little bit of money on my, on my spinning setups. Um, I feel like it's just something that I do. That's, that's like my favorite way to fish with finesse fishing. And, um, I, I want to do it with, with what I think is the best rod on the market. And those, those G Loomis NRXs, they're just incredible. I mean, they do you, fish. um, with, with the, with the Ned Rick, are you like a traditional TRD kind of guy or do you No. um, <laughs> so you can I, keep it, you can keep it secret yeah, if you want. It's you, I, we don't I'm, feel I'm like not, we're trying to dance around that part. Yeah. Like, um, you, so I'm not, I'm not going to completely comment on what I throw on the Ned Rig, but, um, it's, it's a different look than a traditional Ned Rig. I, I I'll say that there are times it. when I do throw a TRD. Um, and if I do, I usually throw like that yoga pants color, like that straight black color. Mm -hmm. uh trd um i like that one a lot um and uh, i throw the robo worm ned rig a lot too but there's sometimes when i'm doing it like this deeper water thing there's a little there's a little trick that i that i throw on that ned rig and it's it, it gives it a little bit more action so that's something that leave it that, there yeah yeah <laughs> i don't want to go completely in depth on that one um, <laughs> people that are listening to this the fish your area are probably like scratching their heads right now like, yeah just yeah. looking through every different combination they're 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 yeah, officially on your facebook page looking through your pictures <laughs> yeah trying to catch a slip yeah. like <laughs> yeah so um yeah throw that heavier net rig down on them and i just I, I i was catching them like really quickly but getting back to the day i had like 88 inches i think i had an eight eight inch lead in the tournament at that point um by like i don't know 11 o'clock and i'm thinking this is like almost too good to be true so i'm looking for one more upgrade i think i still had like a 16 in my bag or something and i go out to the end of the point i, I got off that spot um that i was really catching them on that like 100 yard stretch or whatever it was and i mm -hmm. ventured out to the end of the point and my first cast on the end of the point, I hook another 20 inch smallmouth, like right around 20 inch smallmouth, but it, it came off right at the net, like literally jumped at the net. I tried to catch it, saw the net rig float. Cause that's the one thing with those heavy net rigs. They, yeah. they don't keep fish pinned, especially the heavier ones. Cause they've, they've got that weight that they can, they can yeah. manipulate at the end of their mouth. And, and it's hard to, they hard to keep those fish pinned. Leverage to throw yep. it. <clears throat> so I lost that one right at the net, but then I quickly caught a 19-inch largemouth going down the backside of the backside of the point. I found them schooled up, kind of on, kind of similar to Cayuga on, on like some off. This was deeper than Cayuga, but they were um, on some like offshore, just little rubble piles on the bottom. Hmm. And I was just dragging the Ned rig through that and caught a 19-inch largemouth, and that ended up ended up sealing the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just I mean, that's another another day. Probably, what would you say? 15 to 17 pound sack yeah some of those large that that large mouth that i caught was prob uh so i weighed the i weighed the 21 inch small mouth the day before that was five pounds three ounces 
Um, wow. That 19 inch largemouth I caught, that was probably, if I don't know if you have the picture of it, but that thing was yeah. a like unit for a, for a 19 inch fish. It was probably five yeah, to is. five and a half pounds. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. as tall as he is long. Yeah. That thing was, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, that was a built one. That one was built right. He's so, right. Yeah, yeah, he, so he that, is like short and stumpy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I would say in that set, eighteen probably eighteen to to nineteen pound range. I would say would be the Heck best yeah. five that day. Um, and it was uh, I still had a I still had a small one in my bag after day one. I had a sixteen and three quarter in my bag after day one. So that bag probably wouldn't have weighed as much just because it was mostly smallmouth, and I still had that True. that smaller smaller mm-hmm. largemouth in it. Or, or yeah, smaller largemouth in it. But, we um, always we always like to do a little honorable mention. Uh, you know, there were some other guys in this tournament that did well too. Oh yeah, for and sure. uh, Alex Miller that got second place had another just freak nineteen inch fish. Yeah, like, that's a tank at nineteen <laughs> yeah. inches, dude. Like, yeah, so <laughs> bad. yeah. These fish, these fish are built right. I mean, and if you look at the big fish for the tournament, there were there were a number of of nice quality twenty to twenty like. 20 and a half inch fish that were caught yeah. um it was it was if we can get some, it some good ones oh yeah big large mouth and small mouth dang that looks like a florida fish no yeah. kidding how dark it is yeah huh. you know that's the thing about george the water being so clear they really pattern up really really well at this lake. like these fish mm. are, are really pristine looking when you when you pull them up i caught a large mouth that 19 inch largemouth that I caught was out of 37 feet of water on Good the bottom. Lord. Yeah. Like crazy. I don't know if I've ever caught a fish deeper than like 20 foot. I've done it one time on a drop yeah. shot ever. You're like, <laughs> yeah, that, I was surprised to see the largemouth sitting out there. Like it was, it was pretty crazy I, I, how deep they were sitting, but the water's so clear. It makes sense. Like they could see down there. So why wouldn't they right. want to be down there at that point? Like what do you do have have to do as far as fish care? So I, fish that you if catch you, that deep? yeah, when you catch them that deep, and if you're in a bass boat tournament, like if you were putting them in live wells, you would have to fizz those fish. Yeah. Um, I fish some bass boat tournaments, especially <clears> in the winter. Um, me and Ryan will fit. He Ryan Matalovich has a bass boat, and we'll fish some some local lake bass boat tournaments in the winter. And every single smallmouth we catch has to fizz other you have to fizz them otherwise they're going to be floating in the top of the live boat when you're catching them that deep but yeah. when you're catching them that deep and you put them on the board and you release them right back they shoot right back down to the bottom i do mm-hmm. carry a fizz needle with me just in case because i've had if it i have had it happen in the past before where this especially smallmouth in like the midsummer if you catch them out of like 40 feet deep they'll come up and their air bladder will just expand and you'd have to fizz them to yeah. let them to if you put them on the water they just flop there and not be able to go back down but most of the time as a general rule if you're not live blowing them you can just release them right away and and they'll uh, go right back down. that's what's pretty yeah. nice about that catch photo release especially for those deep smallmouth yeah yeah I've, I've heard that but i've never caught one that deep and i've always been scared that like i'd catch yeah. one and not be I mean, not be able to figure out how to fizz it and not do all that yeah that i i kind of <laughs> panicked when i did it because I, I like it was actually at del hollow I was yeah, like, that's I, where I always think about it. I ran over a brush pile in 35 feet of water, mm-hmm. saw fish on it and just like, kind of like lobbed a cast yeah. just joking. 
and then I hooked a fish and as I was bringing it in, I was like, Oh God, it's going to come up and just be like yeah. puffed up like a puffer fish. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do. I don't have a needle. What am I going to do? And it was nothing. I just put it yeah. right back and it just, just went back in. Right back. Well, 99% of the time in the kayak, there's no reason to have a fizz needle. I mean, I've caught fish out of 70 feet before off the bottom and on some of the, wow. some of the lakes up here, like small mouth and never, never large mouth that deep, but small mouth. Um, and they go back down 90% of the time, just fine. That's it's crazy. Like most of the time, but I'd still carry one. Just I still carry a fizz needle with me in my in my center center hatch, just just in yeah. case. Oh yeah, better better yeah. safe than sorry, especially if you you know what you're doing with it. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. They're not they're not bad to fizz. You just you just um. It's like you lay the fin down, four scale. You count four on a small mouth. You lay the fin down like their side fin. Uh, mm-hmm. You count four scales back, and then just go in it like a forty five degree angle up to ninety, push it through, and like pull the plunger out of the fizz needle and you'll hear like the, psh, and then the, then the air comes out and you then they're, then they're good to go. Yep. Sometimes I'll cool. give them a little water, like in the, like you put the needle underwater and you'll get a couple bubbles that will come out and then you pull the needle out and they, you could feel them. They like, they get like more aggressive when you do it. Like they, they wake and they, they like get more lively when you hmm. fizz them and then they're, they're good to go. It In my head, I always think of it being like bloat. Like you ever, you ever yeah. eat a good meal and you're bloated yeah, and you get that good burp that's, that's out and you feel similar. better. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's exactly what it's like. There's you just got to burp the fish, man. Yep. That's basically what it's like. That's how I'm going to do it. I'll, I'm going to just put it over my shoulder and try to burp them like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you know, that's why, that's why catfish make those noise when you catch them that deep. Like when they're croaking like that, they're letting yep. air out of their swim bladder. Huh. Yep. Yep. A buddy of my dad taught that. me that. And we, they always just called it growling, but yep. he explained it and he's like, no, if you, He's like, if you got you a good catfish up and it's just making tons of noise, he's like, you got him out of the bottom of the river channel, yep. like as deep as it could get. Catfish do that. Yeah. Trout do that too. Yep. Never, oh. never done the trout. I, it's a, yeah. it's something I need to try. But, yep. uh, so with this, you know, a win's a win and it felt mm-hmm. amazing. 54 anglers mm-hmm. and considering you won everything, you, mm-hmm. you took day one, day two, double up, big bass, yep. uh, Pretty good payday. Pretty good. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. Still feel yeah. good to sit your hat on that one. Oh, know? for for sure. One of one of the bigger one of the bigger tournaments I've won in terms of money. Um, it was uh KBF. I always feel like they do like they they have good payouts considering all the events that you sign up for. Um, yeah. I mean, all told, it was like eighty five hundred dollars. It was it was a pretty good yeah, win. Pretty, like yeah, a, pretty is, good payday. Good, yeah. Against I mean, fifty four anglers. Yeah, yeah. Like, in a tournament with fifty four anglers, it's not. I mean, yeah, you have to win both days and then the big bass but i mean it's sort of similar like lim- winning a hobie tournament i mean yeah, you, win a, yeah. you win a hobie tournament you have to do the best of everyone the over two days right yeah and, you know we've had it um i'm sure people remember the show and people can always go back and watch it we had uh oh man who was it we had i think it was cody henley and mm-hmm. uh, uh rasmussen might have been we had two people on to talk about kbf like uh it was i think it was last year and there was a lot of bad buzz going on Mm -hmm. and we had them come on and talk about it and they were like you know you can't argue as a kayak fisherman trying to make money kbf is your best bet it is Uh, like you have to pay to play by entering everything but yeah your probability like your risk versus reward is i can't remember i can't remember which one of them it was but he told me he got I think he said he got, so it was a bigger event, you know, hundred and some odd people, yeah. but he got like 
third on day one, fourth on day two, which gave him the double up win. Mm-hmm. But he took home like $14,000 between Big Bass, second, fourth, and then double day win. Wow. And he, he yeah. was like, like, he's like, yeah. you only get 10 if you win a Hobie. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I put in the same amount of work. I've, I've had, I've had multiple, <laughs> I had two tournaments last year where I won $10,000 or over from KBF. It was, and now there were some other, there were like local tournaments in that too. So I guess that wasn't all KBF, but at yeah. Meselonsky and, um, and where was the other one? Winnipesaukee. Um, both like they, every, I have no complaints about KBS payouts. They're, they're, um, they're, they do have a really good payout if you, if you end up cashing a check. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I think it's one of the few things that, I mean, not, not here for debate, not here to yeah. start the down talk of, I mean, there is some, some negative stuff that everybody yeah, knows sure. about and yeah, people sure. are not getting paid on occasion, right, but right. I still think the thing that keeps them relative in the scene is bringing in new competitive anglers, 100% mm-hmm. and your chance at good money. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. It's I, still I attractive to, to like the guys that are kind of like what you're talking about, like the professional kayak anglers that, want to trace these trails because yeah. there's good payouts for it. So yeah, there's, it there's sense good payouts. And, and That's, have... we, we say it all the time, man. You <clears throat> you see all the complaining about it, but you've noticed that all the same big names still fish them, and it's because they're yeah. trying to win some money. Yeah, and like, then, uh, right. Can't I mean, win the money if you don't enter the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could, you could get right if you win that national championship down there. Like, you, you, could, you could make a lot of money in a hurry. Yeah, and, I mean, Russ did it last year. Like, yep. I think it was just over sixty grand. Yeah. Uh, when it like bonus bucks and everything yeah, was everything, all said yeah. and done, all the different all the different incentives that they have. Yeah, right? I'll drop five hundred to a thousand dollars in entry fees if. Yeah. That's a good possibility of that. I mean, yep. not true. I suck. So no, if Russ that. is signed up, I probably won't. Do right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on the Tennessee River. I'm yeah. not. I man, I I there's so many good anglers in it, and it's like yeah. you. you but when it was like Tennessee River and I saw the boundaries, I was like, yeah. "Yep, all right, my yeah. my bet is that yeah. Russ is going somewhere yeah. skinny and he's going to find them." <laughs> I was out there trying to pre-fish it. it just wasn't. <laughs> I got that PA fourteen, and that wasn't that wasn't the best uh, skinny water boat you could have. No, definitely flip, not. Flip, flip, I haven't. Flip, I've flip. taken. I took a PA twelve skinny water once, and yeah. I didn't have. And it was it was swift water, and I didn't have yeah. any issues with it. No, it's it's not it's not bad. It's just um a lot. Know, yeah, and I'm I'm more so like boat. yeah, it's just a big boat. It's hard to get out of the way of something that's coming. Like yeah, that's that's oh yeah, no, I definitely didn't do that. Do to... My my buddy laughs about it. He went down, he went down a couple of rapids and turned yeah. and watched me because he was like, "You gonna get out and go around them?" And I was like, "No, we're yeah. going straight down the chute in the yeah. PA twelve. We're gonna see what happens." And like pulled the drive up. It was trying to do a combination of rudder and paddle. Yep. like mm-hmm. give it the white water strokes no it yeah. didn't matter you just yep. i just decided it's okay i'm just gonna bounce off all the rocks and whatever yep. happens happens i mean <laughs> i i use it i use it on the susky the pa14 and it's and it's not a bad skinny water boat in terms of shallow water it's it's the maneuverability in tighter creeks where i think it, it's got the yeah got the disadvantage the yeah. i i'm i'm really confident with mine now with the stern mount motor and foot steering because mm-hmm. it is yeah like you can keep your hands up and really right. be reactive right um yeah I have, yeah. A, I have a torpedo on the back of mine for the river i don't use it on the big water though i like the like the motor guide for the oh yeah the big water offshore guy i'm just thinking about doing that because i 
offshore stuff is just something I don't do. And I think I don't do it because of how frustrated I get with trying to maintain position on stuff. And that's yeah. like, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a spot right now. Uh, obviously, you know, getting a, a new boat come October and I don't know if I want to stay with just a standard PA 14 and have, go ahead and put a bow mount mount up there so I can swap between the motors like you're that's, doing. That's yeah. the, uh, it, it's the most versatile boat for that. Cause you have, the bow mount, you have the the stern mount, and then also for Hobie tournaments, you have the pedal drive too. So it's yeah. And and yeah. the nicest part, what a lot of guys don't understand about a bow mount motor, is it is huge to have a rudder on your boat with a bow mount. And if you don't have a rudder, you you'll that back wants to just yeah. constantly be swaying behind that motor. And um, having that rudder on the PA in the position that it is allows you to have the stern mount motor with the still maintaining the rudder and the bow mount motor. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah it's that's, that's the move yeah, yeah it's a it's a killer platform for that Super kind of setup boat. for sure yeah one of the one of the guys in our club has a the unlimited with without a rudder in the back mm-hmm. and he talks about what you just said yeah like he'll mm-hmm. he has to constantly adjust it because mm-hmm. it's like i know a lot of guys around. that that run unlimiteds that that end up putting the the rudder on the back with yeah. the yeah. with the foot control just just because they want to be able to keep that back straight running the bow mount. yeah yeah it's it's a definite necessity on those boats after uh you know it was explained to me but i got to watch a couple of guys using them in mm-hmm. florida and it was just constantly just dancing its way down yep. the, can- the canals a lot of times i'll just put that motor on on um straight and i'll just steer with the rudder out on the big like if i'm making a long mm-hmm. run i'll just put the remote down keep the keep the bow mount just point it straight and just steer with the rudder when i'm when i'm moving and you know this this the drop down skeg is a big thing on the hobies too yeah when you're yep. making a long run mm-hmm. just pop that skeg down and yep keeps you straight they just point true it's so nice yep it is it's a versatile setup and for your kind of fishing it's it's perfect yeah and uh and it's working for you because you're you're having a I mean, I had, yeah. I'd say hell of a year, but you've been having a hell of a three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been crazy. crazy. Well, uh, well, what you got coming up next? Do you think you've uh, got a chance at keeping this uh, this momentum rolling, or are you taking some time um, off? What you got? No, I'm, I, I've got. Um, I'm headed up to Champlain next for the elite kayak fishing stop number two nice. up on Lake Champlain. I'm going to fish their whole schedule this year, elite kayak fishing. Um, I don't think I have another national tournament until the Hobie on, um, on Cayuga. I'll be, I'll be there. I'm going to, I'm going to be really looking forward to that one. Um, and then, um, obviously going to try to do the, the trail series, um, championship for KBF, try to throw my hat in the ring for the 10. It's been a goal of mine for a number of years now. And I definitely want to try to follow through and actually get it done this year down at the trail series championship. That's down. I actually think that's down here on, on my neck Gunner, this year. Yeah, Gunnersville and um, uh, Wheeler. Wheeler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't count Wheeler out. In, oh, I'm, uh, I, no, I'm, in, I'm end not. of the year. Oh, Wheelers. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely not going to count Wheeler out. I've if, you, been... if you get a chance to come down here and kind of prep for it, call me when you get hit me up when you get yeah, down here for sure. Because it's yeah. it's a it's a fun lake. Wheeler, yeah, I'll be joining you on that just to just to mess around. Oh, dude. yeah. There's some, there's some good stuff on Wheeler. Like I, I, I would put money on. It'll be one of those things. I'll have to wait until I see who else fish in the national championship. Mm-hmm. But I would put money on that the win would come from Wheeler because yeah. everybody's gonna flood Gunnersville. Yep. And 
Later in the year, year that's when Gunnersville is getting so much boat pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And traffic in the in top on, yeah. Yes. The, um, there's some there's some good spots out there that'll hold out for the kayak guys, but I think I think Wheeler yeah. will be a little less touched. See the open on Wheeler this past week, the Bass Bassmaster open. Yeah. 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 They had was, some good uh, weights in that. Yeah, they had yeah. some good weights. Yeah. Wheelers. I you know, I live ten minutes from from Wheeler. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my good friends and locals that I know obviously fish right here. Yeah. There's been so many guys going out just casually fishing in random places. Like, like a, one of my good buddies, Dan just got a new, got his first pedal kayak, mm-hmm. went out of the most basic Harbor, like nothing fancy about where he's fishing. Not somewhere. Yeah. And he caught like a, almost like, I think six pounder. Wow. And then, like, you go across the lake, find large some mouth smallies. Or small mouth? Oh, that was a large mouth. That was a large mouth. But the small mouth are starting to come back. Yeah, I heard of some big small mouth in there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get up in the tail race. Yeah, um, for Pretty the most much part, the whole Tennessee River it's got big small mouth all yeah. the way up the chain. Wheeler, it got quiet for about ten years after they sprayed. Yeah, uh, oh. small mouth run heard of. And you couldn't find the big largemouth on the lake. You had to go way up the creeks and rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main the main river that everybody used to love to fish, the elk, just died. Like, just a big muddy flat with down mm-hmm. timber and nothing. And then these last three years, it's been coming back around. We've been catching smallmouth in more areas in the main channels. The, had a guy come in with 20, I think last year was like 26-something, all smallmouth out of the tail race. That's a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he come he come rolling into the marina. It was like a, I think like a Wednesday nighter or something like that, and twenty six something in smallies. Wow. And I was just like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But uh, well, that's dude, not heard of my, my advice would be do historical <laughs> yeah. homework on Wheeler. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's in one of those situations where it's it's making its like comeback mm-hmm. to what you would read about. 15, 20 years ago. Interesting. Like just, just my opinion, just seeing like yeah. where fish are being caught and where I've found things. Yep. I think it's just making this big loop. Yep. So, but be good, man. I'll be looking forward to, uh, I, I won't be fishing the, the event just cause I mm-hmm. haven't, well, I don't even know what the qualification thing is for the NC this year. Cause last year it was just kind of like, yeah. if you're breathing, you can come. Yeah. <laughs> for the, for the trail series championship, I think it's a top, top 25% in any trail series and, and you qualify for the trail series championship. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, you got one on chick coming up. I think, um, yeah, Chickamauga, they have one coming up in June. I won't be down at that one. I had my fair fill of Chickamauga at the Fast <laughs> master championship. <laughs> um, and then they have one on the, uh, the, uh, I think it's the Delta. It might be clear Lake. It's one of the, one of the ones in California. Um, I don't think I'll be able to make that one either. No, me neither. All right. Twenty dollars side bet, Greg Blanchard, top five. I would take. I would probably take that. That bet, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. I could see yeah. that happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, sweet man. Well, uh, yeah. again, dude, I appreciate you coming back on again. This mm-hmm. is this is rare for us. First time we've got to have back to back guests like this because you're just absolutely killing it. And uh, yeah. we we appreciate you hopping back on with us and telling us all about it, shining some more light up on the New York fishing, yeah. whether or not you want people to know how good it is up <laughs> oh, there. Oh no, that it's yeah. it's it, I want I want New York to be at the be at the top of everyone's list because it is I I truly think it's the best fishing state in the in the country. I've said it in years past, and I I still stand by it. I don't think you can go anywhere else in the country that has that many quality fisheries just stacked on top of each other. 
Yeah. The, o- the only other place I would say this year that's given New York a run for its money is Okeechobee. Yeah. Oh, did you say, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you saw that tournament with all the 30 pound limits. That's 20, 29th place with, yep. no, it was 22nd place with 29 pounds. Yeah. That's crazy. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's insane. But, yep. uh, well, dude, uh, we'll let you get out of here. Uh, good luck at your, your events. Hope you keep, uh, keep it up in EKF, keep the, mm-hmm. Keep the wheels rolling, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon or hopefully. be reading your name out in our recap. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. I'll see you down here in Alabama at the end of the year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, yeah. man. Take Pleasure. it easy. All right. Peace. Awesome. Yeah, man, it just stuff. makes me really want to go to New York. I already wanted to go. Like, I've really had that whole, like, I couldn't believe my wife was down for it. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> and then, you yeah, know, watched a few Greg Blanchard videos. And I uh, saw some of the lakes Greg was fishing and I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay in New York for like seven days. I'm not even going to yeah. go to St. Clair. I'm just going to. I think my, uh, my mom's going to New York here next month for like some kind of family reunion with her boyfriend. So I was like, hmm, I might have to try to. Hey, you just let me know. Cause like, I, uh, <laughs> I might have to uh, pack up and go with you. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into tournament recap, and it's going to take a minute because there's five pages. From this past weekend? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, where was that last weekend, the weekend before? Like I, <laughs> Right? Like, I looked, I looked everybody took, well, I guess it was because it was Mother's Day. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, they, it, it probably got quiet for Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. And they uh, everyone in the country made up for it. Yeah. So, without further ado, we're going to burn through them as fast as we can. First up, South Carolina Bass Nation Kayak Series and Sandy Cooper. Uh, it's an event supporting autism anglers. 25 anglers, five fish limit first place. Jason Davis with 86 and a half. Second place, Zach Boyer with 81 and a half. Third place, Larry Wood with 77 and a quarter. So, much different numbers from the last tournaments we saw on Santee. Yeah. Uh, next up was the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail on East West Harbor. Uh, 77 anglers, first place, Ethan Graham with 92 inches, second place, Kyle McClarney with 91 and three quarters, third place, Aaron Stahlbaum with 90 and three quarters as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, no, 90 and three quarters, one inch difference. Pretty Sorry solid. about that. Oh, yeah, good days, good days. Uh, moving on from that, blue cra- bluegrass kayak anglers on Kentucky Lake, uh, was event going on in uh, co op with the Hobie Bass Open Series. 47 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Ryan Thomas with 87 and a quarter. Second place, Logan Wilson with 86. And third place, Nick Huddleston with 82 and three quarters. I think I got um, ninth in that one. You got ninth in that one? Yeah, hold on. Let me double check. Oh, sweet. So you, you was double dipping? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ninth. Ah, oh, sweet. No. Top 10. Yes, yes sir. Had those um, stats. <laughs> Add to the stat. Um, <laughs> the other event going on there, the Hobie and Aftco combo, or the Hobie and Hobie by Aftco Kentucky Lake event, two day tournament, 109 anglers for that one. It's a little smaller for the normal t- uh, Hobie turnouts, but uh, first place, but it, Jim. Uh, it jumped like crazy though, because it was like when I was looking something. at it, it was like 77 or something the day before, and then the day of it. The la- of the registration deadline, it jumped like 40 anglers. 40, well, I mean, like, I think the week before there was 52 the last time I looked. Yeah. So it, it did pick up 
that last week, which I mean, kayak anglers are yeah. protagonists. So, um, <laughs> or procrastinators, wrong word. But uh, and first place, too. Jim Orr <laughs> with 166 inches outdid his son, Jackson Orr, with 164 and three quarters. So nice to see those two dudes first and second. And then third place, Abby Aben- Abby Abendanza with 162 and a quarter. And just decent numbers, considering Kentucky Lake, 88 and a quarter for a day that Jim got, I think, outstanding. Considering the boundaries that they had yeah, that's with the, the whole lower half of the lake being cut off, and it was open to Barkley, right? Yeah. So, but the, cut off the, the lower half the of Kentucky. the same cut off, like, from that Just, same okay. bridge. That same bridge goes across Barkley, and it's from that same bridge north. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, but yeah. our our plan is to have uh we know we're gonna have Jim on next week, yeah. uh, so I don't think just Jackson be Jim. said he could make it, um, but maybe look at. I was thinking about maybe asking Abby, and yeah, see if he wanted to come in, hop in For on sure. it. Uh, moving on from there, we have the New York kayak bass fishing uh, on Hemlock, Candace, and Honoye Lakes. 58 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jacob Turner with 95 inches. Second place, Brandon Berlinski with 94 and three quarters. And third place, Dan Robinson with 93 and three quarters. New York's on fire right now. Yeah. Like, New York is just on fire. Yeah, uh, they're on a on a heater right now. With their, yeah. I mean, you don't see those 110, 112-inch limits, but there's so many 95-inch yeah. limits up there. Absolutely. Uh, it's just still awesome days of fishing. Uh, moving on from there, the West Tennessee Bass Kayakers event on Kentucky and uh, Barkley Lake. 30 anglers, three fish limit. First place, Patty Stewart with 57 and a half. Second place, Ryan Thomas with 56 and a quarter. Third place, Ashley Alt with 56. And Garrett, how'd you finish in that one? Uh, I'll pull it up. I, knew I don't think I did as good at. in that one because it was a three fit. I, well, actually, I got sixth. There you go. Top 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got two top 10s. Uh, Patty freaking smack Patty. That's Josh Stewart's mom. If anybody doesn't yeah. know that, uh, she's a freaking hammer on yes. Kentucky Lake. Uh, I uh, I got a chance to meet her a couple years ago at one of the expos, and she's a hoot. Like yeah. absolutely, she's cool. Yeah, she's uh, good we were time. we were talking. She was looking for a new boat or something like that, and I don't remember how. But she's like, "Oh, I'm Josh Stewart's mom. I know all about this stuff." Yeah, like and then she knows just, her stuff. She does. And like everybody was struggling super hard to catch anything over 15. And she comes in with like a 20 and a quarter, a 19 and three quarter, and a 17 and a half. And get wrecked, nerds. Yeah, get wrecked. <laughs> uh, next up from there, KBFTN, uh, Percy Priest, Tuesday Nighter, uh, 33 anglers. First place, Caleb Cunning- Cunningham with 48 and a half. Second place, Paris Edwards with 46 and three quarters. Third place, Robert Edwards with 46. Um, moving on from that, the Amal Kayak Fishing Challenge, Lake Vinern in Sweden. Ooh. Oh. Two-day tournament, perch and pike combo. Uh, 26 anglers, six fish limit per day. Linus Ekwall with 750 centimeters. Sounds like a good number. Uh, <laughs> second place, Lars Veikland with 715. And wow, third place, name. Robin Ekwall with 685. That's really cool. I need to get a conversion factor going on here. Uh, next up, we got the all American kayak trail series on Okaboji out in Iowa. 
East Lake, West Lake, Big Spirit, Upper and Lower Gar, and Minnewashta. Two-day tournament, five fish limit per day. Uh, first place, Jordan Westerman with 190 and a quarter. He had a yeah. 93 and a quarter day one and a 97-inch day two. Second place. about this guy smashing him. Like... Yeah, straight wreckage. Second place, Josh Swigert with 185 and a quarter. And third place, Dustin Cooksley with 181. So, uh, killer days. I mean, 96, 97 day ones. I mean, just smashing. Uh, next up, the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail on Lake ooh, Nipissing. We were that. 136 anglers. Damn, they had a show out. Ontario Kayak Bass Trail. The Canadian Friends. 136 anglers Dang. in a local. That is more than the Hobie that just happened. Uh, yeah, that's first place. Ian Hodgkins with 90 and a half inches. Second place, David Sade with 89 and a half. And third place, Ryan Tyler with 85 and a half. I'm surprised that one wasn't in uh, centimeters. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, n- next up, the Lafayette Kayak Fishing Club. Uh, this is a saltwater combo you get two slot reds two speckled trout uh any public waters in louisiana 26 anglers four fish limit first place steve lessard with 92 and a half second place ryan allerman with 89 and three quarters third place joshua red with 84 and if i am not mistaken uh our very own doodoo nichols was in that one i could be wrong but i think that's the one that he was fishing uh, so what was it again? Two two reds and two two, two slot limit reds and two speckled trout. So two okay. specks. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, sounds really really fun. Uh, next up, the Midwest Kayak Bass Club event on Muskego Chain. Uh, Thirty five anglers. First place, Nia Zhang with eighty six and a half. Second place, Matt Muscarello with eighty six and a quarter. Really close day right there. Third place, Esteban Nembo with 84 and three quarters. Uh, next up, the Natural State Kayak Anglers on 10 Killer out in Arkansas. 58 anglers. First place, Devin Esri with 86 and three quarters. Second place, Jason Cowell with 86 and a quarter. Third place, Tony Sorlawangs. Tony Sorlawangsana with 86. That's a hell of a last name, sir. Yeah. Uh, I think you got this it. This next yeah. one is crazy. West Texas kayak fishing in Brady Creek, 54 anglers. First yeah. place, Jason Hoffman with 104 and a half. Second place, Daniel Merritt with 104 and a quarter. I told my wife, if I ever catch 104 inches and I come in second, I'm not going to the fucking way in. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not fishing anymore. Well, you won't know till you get to the way in. I walk off stage. I yeah. wouldn't even accept second place. I quit. You can have it. I don't want it. Like <laughs> yeah. best day of my life, and I lost. <laughs> uh, third place, Corey Griffin with 101 inches as well. Just 100 inches for everybody. We Oprah Winfrey end up out in here. Uh, next up, the Moyak Fishing River Series. Uh, it's a statewide uh, public Missouri River waterways. 43 anglers. First place, Josiah Wrangle with 83 and three quarters. Second place, Tyler Myers with 83 and a half. Third place, Jeremy Johnson with 80 and a half. Uh, next up, Southern Illinois Kayak Club in Kincaid, on Kincaid. 32 anglers. First place, Darren Hemker with 84. Second place, Dustin Siegel with 79 and a quarter. Third place, Dalton Williams with 78 and a half. Uh, moving on from that, the Greenbrier River Fly Fishing Classic. Uh, what? So it's a team fly fishing bass tournament. 
and it was so many uh, creative tournaments out there. I wish I could go fish more of these kind of things. Yeah. So the the team that won first place, the team name is Unomas. Nice. Uh, Brandon Ridgeway and Noah Helton with 66 and a half inches. And if you think about doing that with a fly in a kayak, it's respectable. So we're talking fly fishing for like bass. Yes. Christian. Yeah. This is a five fish limit. Uh, it doesn't say. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was five fish limit. But huh. you think about bass on a fly rod. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you can. I've never been around people catching like donkeys on fly rods. I've caught a like 17 inch large mouth on a fly Shit. before, and it was like Insane. all I could handle on that thing. <laughs> it was uh, awesome, but it like took me forever <laughs> to get it in. The the second place team, the real McCoys, Chase McCoy and Chad McCoy with sixty four and a quarter. And third place, Indigo Bunting with Rudy Colombo and Jay McElroy, thirty two and three quarters. So hell of a distance between second and third place. Yeah. Uh, n- next up the Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association. Uh in Corey Springs, seventy three anglers in this one. First place, Eric Peterson with ninety four inches. Second place, Peter Vang with 92 and a half. Third place, Alvin Yang with 91 and a half. So Minnesota putting out some some big old bags right now. Very nice. Uh, the Texas Kayak Bass League, Choke Canyon in Three Rivers, Texas. 95 anglers. First place, Brian Scarberry with 113 and a quarter. Yeah, I heard about that. I saw that one. That was 24 and a half, a 23 and a half, and a 23 and a quarter were his bigs. Shit. Stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, here's what we call gap. Second place, Eugene yeah. Mora, eighty-six and three quarters. It's like a like a whole ass good. fish. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, third place, Ernesto Mendoza with eighty-five and a half. But there were more big twenty-threes and twenty-fours caught in that tournament too. Uh, it's insane. Uh, next up, the kayak anglers of Eastern Pennsylvania on Merrill Creek Reservoir, 36 anglers, three fish limit. Kirk Hummel with 55 and a half. Second place, Jimmy Whistle with 55 and a quarter. And third place, Adam uh, Hohen with 54 and three quarters. Uh, next up, the Wild West Bass Trail at Lake Almanor out in California, two day tournament, 26 anglers, five fish limit per day. First place, James Croco with 164 and three quarters. Second place, Jeremy Miles with 158. Third place, Calvin Vang with 157 and a half. Uh, next up, it was the California Bass Nation Kayak qualifying event. Same lake, um, only three anglers more in this one. First place, Anthony Garcia with a 164 and three quarters. James Croco also with 164 and three quarters. Lost to a big fish battle there, probably. And third place, Calvin Vang again with 158. Um, next up, the Yakabass of Lake McClure in Lodi, California, 64 anglers. First place, Ron Lewis with 85 and a quarter. Second place, David Oyn with 80 and a half. And third place, Dago Kobayashi with 80 and a quarter. Uh, next up, the Kayak Fishing Utah Bass Tour on Matua and Hiram, 65 anglers. Uh, first place, Cody Henley with 90 and three quarters. That's who we had on that show. I couldn't remember. It was Cody yeah. Henley and uh, Russ. Uh, second place, Adam McCluskey with 84 and a half. And third place, John McLaren with 80 inches. <sighs> Stick with us. Almost there. Central Valley Kayak Fishing, um, Pine Flat in Fresno, California. 30 anglers. Uh, a little bit of a grinder here. Ching Zhong with 79 for first. Second place, Angel Sanchez for 77. 
Third place, Robert Yamamoto with 76 and three quarters. Uh, next up, the River Runners event on Rocky Gorge and Tradelphia Reservoirs, 36 anglers. First place, Gordon Killen with 81 and three quarters. Second place, Gordy Killen with 81 and a half. So quarter inch difference there between the either father, son, or brothers. Um, Michael Cheney, third place with 79 and a half. Next up, the Kayak Bass League on Rock Lake. 43 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Joe Palmer with 83 and three quarters. Second, Todd Martins with 83 and a quarter. Third place, Robert Schuster with 79 and three quarters. Uh, moving on to the Indiana Kayak Anglers event on Tri Lakes. Round coming, Lakes. Man. Yeah, I know. Three more <laughs> after this one. Round Lake, Little Cedar Lake, Cedar Lake, Shriner Lake, Cricket Lake, and Big Lake. 40 anglers, first place. Drew Duncan with 80 and three quarters. Second place, Brian Duncan with 77 and three quarters. And third place, Mark Howell also with 77 and a quarter. There were so many like family oriented one twos just yeah. this last week. It's insane. Um, that that uh, Mother's Day vibe, I guess, is character yeah. or something. I don't no know. No kidding. Uh, next up, the Michigan Bag Bass Kayak League on Kent Lake, 26 anglers. It was just a single fish, big fish event. Stephen Galloway wins it with a 20. Nice. Uh, second place, Gilbert Reich with 90, 19 and a quarter. Or, I'm sorry, 19 and three quarters. And third place, John Grayberg with 18 and three quarters. Next up, the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club on Pueblo Reservoir, 47 anglers, five fish limit. Alex Rojas with 86 and three quarter. Paul Roth with 83 and Eric Alley in third with 81 and a quarter. And last but not least, the California Slay Nation, 49 anglers on Don Pedro. First place, David Morris with 89. Second place, Michael Lavoy with 87 and a half. And third place, paying in with 86 and three quarters. And that Michael, is it. We had uh, on our show earlier this year, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, he was the one that flew all the way to Florida for that event. Yep. Yep. Congrats to those guys. That was yeah. a lot of tournaments. I'm gonna have to start putting a cap on this thing. Yeah. I know hey, my wife I mean, has been working on it for like two days, getting them all listed, but I didn't realize it was four and a half pages. So I might have well, to bump it up to like thirty-five angler limit. I don't know. That's still good to give those people a shout out though. They oh no, gonna, yeah, they all deserve it. it. Don't know if they ever hear it. Don't know if anybody sticks around to the show that long. But if you did, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, be sure to tune in next week. We'll be back with um, the the Hobie winner at minimum. Hopefully we'll have a couple of those guys on. Yeah. Um, talk about the uh, tough fishery that Kentucky Lake is and you know talk uh, talk about how, how it all went down and get some cool stories out of that. I've never talked with Jim. I've talked to Jackson tons of times. I uh, never had a chance to talk with Jim, so it'll be a fun show. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And I mean, probably more excited for it than the actual fishery was. But yeah, you seem pretty pumped up to talk to him about it, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's Kentucky Lake. I don't care." <laughs> but no, well, we appreciate everybody sticking with us. This has been a long one. Um, you know, if you stuck with us this long, we do appreciate it. Make sure you give it a like, give it a share, follow us, give us some reviews on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram. Check it all out everywhere. Thanks. Um, We've got things coming up for the the, the Paddle and Fin Open Tournament on Del Hollow for next year. So keep your eye on that. There'll be incentives for early signups and all sorts of cool stuff. So just stick with us. We appreciate it so much, and we will see y'all next week. Right on. Peace. Peace.